Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Good to see all of you here today. Appreciate you being here on this Father's Day weekend. Hey, this Tuesday night, uh, we're going to have a, a special treat coming up. And it's not like this, the treat that we, the chocolate bars we gave away on Mother's Day. And it's not like the special treat that we had on our birthday weekend where we had the ice cream truck here. And it's not like the special treats that we have for Father's Day, all the donuts that everybody, everybody gets a donut on Father's Day. That's just the way that works. And, uh, but this special treat is we're going to have some special guests come to Rockbrook. And Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, right here in the Worship Center, uh, we're going to have four of the leaders from our network uh, in India. Uh, Leanna Sinquanta will be here. Leanna is an American lady. At the age of 17, Leanna went to India on a youth mission trip. And God called her to India, and she has served in North India and now in Nepal uh, for a, a number of years. Uh, I, she's a lady, so I don't know how old Leanna is, and I'm not going to ask her. But I know she's served for a, a significant portion of her life in that area. And people who know these things describe Leanna as the premier missiologist of our day. Uh, she is an absolutely amazing person, and I'm excited for you to get to hear, uh, hear from her. Uh, also, we're going to have Pensu Srivastava coming. And Pensu's been here two, three times. Many of you have met him. And he's the Indian man who was arrested with Leanna in Nepal two, three years ago, and we prayed for him, and he got out of jail, and they dropped the false charges against him, and so we've uh, walked down that journey with him. But Pensu's now the director of the Western region of the Transformation Network, our church planting network there, and uh, Pensu is Alok's nephew. Uh, many of you have met Alok, and remember Alok passed away tragically last summer from cancer, but Pensu has taken his place as the Western director and he'll have some updates for us uh, regarding the zone leaders that we support there and, uh, and their plans and what they're working on this year. And we'll also have the eastern region, uh, who is David uh, Shupal, and uh, we call him King David. And uh, we're just, I'm so excited to have both Pensu and David here at the same time. That's, that's a real treat. And we'll also have Ricky Srivastava, who is Alok's widow. And Ricky is the headmistress of the Blue Haven School, and that's the school that we used our celebration offering a while back to um, finish the construction for the second story so they can add upper grades and add more students. And so she'll be able to give us an update on uh, the school project and what's happening with the school. Now, I cannot guarantee that all the news is going to be good news when they're here. Uh, the COVID lockdown uh, hard hit these people. Uh, the economy in India has uh, significant issues, and the persecution of the church has really heated up over there. But great things are happening there. They're serving faithfully, and I'm happy to have these key ministry partners here uh, Tuesday night. So we'll start at 7 o'clock. The plan is to go for an hour, probably go a little longer than that. Uh, we don't have child care for this event, but I would encourage you to bring your kids um, uh, you know, it's just encouraging for kids to hear this stuff, hear missionaries and people from other cultures talk and hear what, what's going on with the church. They'll get a lot out of it. 
And maybe like Leanna, when they're 17, they'll go on a mission trip and uh, hold on to your hats and see what happens there. Okay, today we're in a series called God is for us. And we're looking at some amazing truths from Romans chapter 8. And uh, do any of you listen to Tom Holliday's Drive Time Devotions? Anybody familiar with Drive Time Devotions? Yeah, we've got a few of you that have. Uh, I would encourage you, if you've never listened to those, uh, you know, you can, uh, there's an app for Drive Time Devotions, or you can get it, it's a podcast you can get on your computer. And Pastor Tom Holliday will take you through a chapter of the Bible every week. And uh, he's working his way through almost the entire Bible, and you'll get an in-depth exposure to a broad range of Scripture. And what I love about Tom is, is that with every chapter, he says something like, this is one of the great chapters of the Bible. Uh, this is one of the most important chapters of the Bible. And every week he's talking about this is a key chapter in the Bible. And what I love about that is, is it just communicates his love for God's Word. Uh, you know, he recognizes that in this book, God has given us a wonderful, wonderful treasure. And the Bible just lays out for us all that we need to live life, a pleasing, abundant, eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we need to learn to walk in the way of Christ, and we need to learn to obey the truth of Christ, and we need to live the life that Jesus Christ offers. And so we look in the Bible, we see what it says, and then we do it. And Romans 8 is a great place to do just that. Because folks, i got to tell you, Romans 8 is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. It just really is. And one of, the, one of the wonderful true mysteries that is unique to the Christian faith is that there is one God in three persons. As Christians, we recognize that, that we worship a triune God. We worship the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And all three of those are present uh, in Romans chapter 8. We have God the Father who sent Jesus Christ. We have Jesus Christ, God the Son, who in turn has sent the Holy Spirit. And the moment you become a Christian, uh, the Holy Spirit becomes a part of your life. And then he remains within you all the way through your life. In fact, you become a believer because the Holy Spirit alerts you to your need for Christ. Apart from that work of the Spirit, we're just spiritually blind. And we don't even recognize our need for Christ. But the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, and then as we trust in Christ, He regenerates us. He brings us to life spiritually. We are born again through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit resides in you, takes up residence in you, and walks with you all the way through the rest of your life. He guides and directs us in the way that we should go. So the Holy Spirit is mentioned 30 times in the book of Romans. 21 of those times are in chapter 8. And so we can't enjoy, we can't live out this amazing chapter without the Holy Spirit. So let's see what the Holy Spirit brings to us here if we are in Christ. We're going to pick up in verse 4 where Ryland left off last week. It says in verse 4, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh 
but according to the Spirit. So right here in verse 4, we see that, that, that there, there, there's two uh, types of people. There's, there's two ways to live. You can live according to the flesh, or you can live according to the Spirit. And the flesh is the biblical term for the self. It, it's our old nature. It's, it's what we are apart from Jesus Christ. And we either live according to the self, the flesh, apart from Christ, or we live according to the Spirit. And according to means that we're in agreement with. And so in every moment of your life, you're either, either saying, I agree with my flesh, my old sin nature, myself apart from Christ. I want to live the way I want to live. Or you're saying, I agree with the Spirit of God who's guiding me in the way of Christ. And so these verses describe what happens in the life of those who live according to the flesh and those who live according to the Spirit. And, uh, and Paul just lays it out here for us. First, he describes the contrast between the flesh and the Spirit. And Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what their flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And so there's two different mindsets going on here. There's flesh desires and there's spirit desires. It, it's a difference in the way that you think. We used to live near Lake Michigan, and I love to go down to Lake Michigan and watch the sailboats. And it was fascinating because you'd, you'd be at a sailboat race and you'd see all these boats out on the water. The same wind hits all the boats, but they're all going in different directions and at different speeds. It's the same wind blowing in the same direction. What makes the difference? Two things. The rudder and how the sail is set. And likewise, you can have two people in the same life circumstance. The winds of life blow across their life, but their mindset determines which way that circumstance blows them. Is it going to blow them away from God or is it going to blow them closer to God? Are they going to follow the flesh or are they going to follow the spirit? And in Galatians 5.19, Paul describes the mindset of the flesh. He says the acts of the sinful nature, sinful nature, that's the flesh. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and if that's not enough, and the like. Okay? So that's the mindset of the flesh. You want to know why the world is in such a mess? You want to know why your life is in such a mess? Because of the mindset of the flesh. Because that's where it takes us. And then the mindset of the Spirit is described in verse 22, just a little bit later, Galatians 5. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Notice the difference between those two lists. And your mindset is the rudder that steers your life to one of those two places. And so you just need to read through those two lists and determine... Which one do you want to characterize your life? And then you adjust your mindset to take you there. Now next, 
Paul describes a difference in lifestyle in Romans 8.6. He says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The lifestyle of the flesh is one of death. It is a, a life, it is, death is separation from God. It is loneliness, worry, guilt, isolation, rejection, resentment, anger, despair. I mean, you may be physically alive, but you are emotionally dead. That's the lifestyle of the flesh. But the lifestyle of the spirit is life and peace. You know, Jesus Christ doesn't want you to live the lifestyle of the flesh. He says, I've come that you might have life, life abundant, life eternal, a life that is full of streams of living water, a life overflowing with the bread of life, an eternal, abundant, new life. That's the lifestyle that Jesus calls you to. And that comes from living according to the Spirit, not living according to the flesh. Verse 7, there's a contrast in the attitude toward God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So the flesh, the self, is hostile toward God. If you are living according to the flesh, you are living in rebellion. You're, I'm going to do my own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, not even God. I call my own shots. I make my own decisions. It is a rejection of God's plan for your life. In contrast, the Spirit-led life submits to God's will and does what's right. But the flesh is at war with God, living in rebellion. But when you live according to the Spirit, you are at peace with God. It's the difference between rebellion and surrender. Finally, verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Living according to the flesh cannot please God. But when you live according to the Spirit, God is pleased. God is pleased. The rebellion's over. You've been reconciled with God. You can walk and live in peace. So there's the contrast between these two mindsets. And then in verses 9 and 10, uh, Paul describes the primary characteristic of a Christian. He says, you, however are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But Christ is in you. Then even if your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life and righteousness. So a theme throughout the Bible is that sin brings death Righteousness brings life. This, this is a life and death struggle between the flesh and the spirit. And one of the main characteristics of a believer is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of them. It is the mark of a believer that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so that even if your body dies because of the sinful world that we live in, because of the sinful condition, uh, that our bodies are in, you still have eternal life because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Now, now, what does the Holy Spirit do as He lives within you? Well, He does everything you need in the Christian life. 
He meets every one of your needs. He guides you, teaches you, comforts you, helps you, protects you, empowers you. He prays for you. He lives inside of you. Everything you need in the Christian life comes through the Holy Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit lives in me. In Romans 8, we have that truth over and over and over again. Now, in the Greek, it literally means he makes his home inside of you. He resides in you. He dwells in you. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So you have available to you the presence of the Holy Spirit. He resides in you. And you also have available to you the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're living according to the Spirit, this is some, these are some of the gifts that he gives you. Number one, the Holy Spirit brings peace. Again, Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. We all long for peace. We just want some peace. We look for peace. peace it, but peace is elusive to us until the Holy Spirit moves in. And you can only have the peace of God when the Spirit of God moves into your life. The Spirit of God brings us the peace that we crave. Peace is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. And it's an evidence of the Spirit's presence in your life. Now, in our flesh, we can look for peace in other places. We can look for peace in relationships and accomplishments and possessions. We can look for peaceful circumstances. But peace doesn't come from relationships, accomplishments, possessions, or our circumstances. Peace will always be eluding you until you are in Christ, until Christ puts the Holy Spirit in you. And if you chase things apart from the Spirit of God, you will not be at peace. C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us peace apart from himself because there is no such thing. There's no such thing as peace apart from, from, from God. So God gives us good things. The, the things we have in our lives today are gifts from him, blessings from him, our families, our jobs, friends, possessions. All those things are blessings from God. But they can't deliver peace because only he brings peace. Now some of you are going through a challenging time in your life. And you've, you've experienced this. I've experienced this in my own life. You'll be going through a difficult season, and friends, neighbors, co-workers will look at the trial that you're facing, and they'll say, I don't know how you're making it through this. And yet, the Spirit of God does not diminish the pain, yet you are filled with the peace that passes human understanding. You're just in the midst of this chaos and this roar and this pain, and yet, remarkably, the Holy Spirit delivers peace in your life. That's one of his presence, one of his gifts. Number two, the Holy Spirit brings perseverance. Um, Paul actually states this one in the negative in Romans 8, 9. He says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. 
So if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, then you do not belong to Christ. But if you are a believer in Christ, if, if the Spirit of God lives in you, then you're not living in the realm of the flesh. When, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a Christian. And you become a Christian because of what Christ has done for you, not because of the good things you have done. And when you trust in Christ, He seals you. He marks you as His by giving you the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we are sealed by the Spirit. And, uh, you know, I love old cowboy movies. And so this idea of being marked by the Spirit, of being sealed by the Spirit, in my mind, I just picture a brand. And there's a point where God just sends the Holy Spirit and there you are, you little dogie. Okay? You're mine. You are marked. You are sealed. You are identified as mine. And in, in this moment, as God looks over everyone in this room, He sees what you and I can't see. He sees who has the Spirit and who doesn't. He sees who's sealed, who's been branded. And everyone who has believed in Jesus Christ has received the Spirit of God. You're marked, you're sealed, and you are His forever. Paul says this again in Ephesians 1.13. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You were marked, sealed. The moment you trusted in Christ, God, God sent His Spirit, set His Spirit in you. And so we're secure in Christ because the Spirit has marked us and we are His forever. Now people say, how, how can I know the Spirit has moved in? Well, here, here's how you know that the Holy Spirit has moved into your life. He's going to change your spiritual taste buds. And you're going to long for the things of God more and more, and you will develop a distaste, even a disgust, for the things that are not from God. And I just want to illustrate how your desires and affections can change over time. I used to love a local restaurant. This was 25 years ago. It's not in business anymore. I'm not even going to tell you which one it is because that's not the point of the illustration. But I used to crave the food and look forward to eating there at least once a week. And then I got food poisoning there. Okay? And I've got to tell you, with each reaction, I began to hate what I once loved. I was losing my taste buds for that restaurant. And then I discovered another restaurant in the area where the food is amazing. And once I tasted it, I knew the food in that other place is never going to taste as good. And so I started to love what I didn't even know existed. And I started to hate what I once loved. My taste buds changed. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit of God moves into your life. You begin to long for the purity and the holiness of God. And you, start to, you develop a distaste, even a disgust, for the things that you once loved. When you live according to the Spirit, your desires change. He changes your affections. The Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. Well, what He really does is He changes our desires to match His desires. It's part of your spiritual growth. It doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe before you trusted in Christ, you were involved in and craved some destructive things in your life. 
before you were a believer, those things tasted really good. But after you trusted in Christ and the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life, your cravings, your appetite changed. And then maybe you relapsed. I mean, you're still saved, but you stumbled. We all stumble, we all struggle, sometimes we go back. That's what Romans chapter 7 is all about. Romans 7 talks about the tendency that we all have to stumble and struggle with sin. But here's what you find when you go back. It doesn't taste as good as it used to. You know why? Because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and nothing compares to Him. He's changed your spiritual taste buds. And so one of the ways that I can know I'm a believer, that you can know that you're a believer, is that when I sin, when I stumble, the Holy Spirit makes me uncomfortable with my sin. I actually know I'm in Christ because I respond to sin differently than I used to. Now when I sin, it hurts. It's convicting, it's upsetting, it's disappointing. And I have the desire to overcome my sin rather than be overcome by it. I have the desire to change my behavior, to continue to grow in Christ, to press on, to persevere, to overcome, to conquer my sin rather than be conquered by it. I, I want to become the, the victor rather than the victim. And we'll see that later in, this, in Romans 8, that we are more than conquerors. And so we know we're His, and we're going to stay His, not because of our goodness and our good works, but because He keeps us, and He sealed us, and He lives within us. Number three, we can know we can overcome our sin because the Holy Spirit brings power. He gives us peace, perseverance, and power. Romans 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus was in a tomb, he was dead for three days, and he walked out of that tomb alive. That same power is available to you and me because if we belong to him that same Holy Spirit has that a power available to us we have the power to change our lives we have the power to overcome sin we have the power to overcome death we, we don't have to live in Romans chapter 7 anymore wanting to do the right thing but not able to do it not wanting to do the wrong thing but I just can't stop it we can stop living according to the flesh and start living according to the Spirit because of the power that the Holy Spirit brings into our life. Romans 8.12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Say that word with me. Obligation. We have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Again, it's a life and death struggle going on here. If you live according to the flesh, then death is going to reign in your life. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the sin in your life, then you will live. 
If you have trusted Jesus Christ to save you, and friends, that's the most important if in your life. If you have trusted Jesus Christ to save you. And you need to settle that question. Paul says in Corinthians, he says, let a man examine himself to see if he is in the faith. And so you need to ask yourself that question. Paul says, let a man examine himself. I can't do that for you. I don't know your heart. Your mom, your grandma, your relatives, your dad, I don't care. Nobody, nobody can do this for you. You've got to do it yourself. You have to look into your heart and say, have I trusted Jesus Christ to save me? And if you haven't, you need to do it. And you need to do it right now, right here. You just simply say in your heart and mind, Jesus Christ, I believe you are God's son. I believe you died on the cross to pay for the penalty of my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and are alive today. And you need to just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to give me the gift of eternal, abundant life that you offer to those who believe in you. And if you'll just pray that prayer in your heart and mind, if you'll call out to God and say, God, I need you to save me, he'll do it. Jesus Christ will save you, and the Holy Spirit of God will come into your life. And Paul says that once we have trusted in Christ, we have an obligation. Not an obligation to live according to the flesh. It's an obligation to live according to the Spirit. An obligation to put to death the sinful deeds of the flesh. John Owen, an old Scottish preacher, said, Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. But make no mistake, you don't kill sin in your own power. I can't kill sin in my own power. You only kill sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of us have too soft a view of sin in our life. Sin is not this little house cat that we can tame. Sin is a roaring lion that must be slain before it slays you. Sin desires to destroy me, to kill me. But according to this verse, if you live according to the Spirit, you can put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you can live. You don't have to live your old life. You can live a new life. So we're obligated to the Spirit, not to the flesh, because of His presence in our lives and because of the presence that He has given us. Living according to the Spirit overcomes sin and death. Now you get to choose the power according to which you're going to live. The mindset is your choice. So which mindset are you choosing? Are you choosing to live according to the flesh or are you choosing to live according to the spirit? And, and what you may experience is you may, in your Christian life is you may think, this has just taken too long. I've been struggling with some of this for, for a long time. But when you're struggling with addictive behavior or with a destructive sin pattern or with a, a, a bad habit in your life that you can't seem to break, first off, if you're wrestling with the tension of that, that's good news. The struggle is an indication that you have the Spirit because if you're uncomfortable with it, it's the Spirit of God who is making you uncomfortable with it. People who are living according to the flesh are not uncomfortable with their sin. In fact, they're happy to wallow in it uh, as much as they can. But if you're struggling with it, that's a good sign. 
means God's at work in your life. The other is, you don't face this alone. You know, every time you choose to yield to the Spirit, to call out to God and ask Him for help, every time you ask for help from your small group, every time you call a friend, every time you involve yourself in the process of Celebrate Recovery, you are choosing the right direction. You are choosing to call the right power into your life, and that will change you over time. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. We just need to set our mind and walk according to the Spirit. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for those who are here today who, who may have made the decision to trust in Christ for the first time. Today they want to settle that issue, and so they've cried out to you and asked you to save them. And you've promised to forgive them of their sins as they trust in Christ. And Jesus Christ has promised to send the Holy Spirit to be within them, to be their comforter, their guide, to be their power. God, we thank you for that life-changing moment. And God, for those of us who are believers, we pray that today we might set our minds according to the Spirit, that we might choose a path for our life that leads us to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faith, self-control, that we would seek to, to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh and live in righteousness, to live that abundant, eternal life that you've offered to us, even here and now. We thank you for the hope that is ours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.